This is the Action for Wellness podcast, where we discuss small changes that will greatly improve your life, health, relationships, and well-being. Hosted by naturopath Maya Harish and parenting consultant Nava Abraham. This is the Action for Wellness podcast, episode 7. And today we'll be talking about small changes to your lifestyle that can improve your diet without you having to learn to cook from scratch. Yes, that's something everyone needs to learn. Every time someone talks to me about changing my diet, I'm quite honestly intimidated by it because I don't love cooking. I'm not born to, you know, cook and make food in the kitchen. I don't enjoy it. And so what I do make, I'm sort of, I make because I have to out of habit. And so thinking about changing my diet means to me, I have to learn to cook new meals. I have to learn how to shop in the supermarket. I have to buy different items. And it's just, it's more than I can actually handle at the moment because I'm so, there's so much going on in my life that maybe a small change to one person, but to me, it feels massive. I think most people have a few go-to recipes that they're comfortable with, and it can be two or three if you're not a great cook, and it can be, I don't know, like 10 or 15 or 20 if you are more of a good cook. But we all have these go-to recipes, and that's pretty much where our imagination stops. Most people don't learn a new recipe every day. It's true. And I also think what it what happens is once you have your go-to recipes, when you go shopping, you shop for them. You don't necessarily... I mean, I, okay, I'll talk for myself. I go shopping for my three or four, let's be honest, go-to recipes. So, you know, I'll always have, say, pasta, and maybe I'll have lentils rice, probably chicken breasts in my house, vegetables. And that's pretty much it. I mean, that's what I will have in my house. That's what I will always make sure that I have when I go shopping. And so in some respects, you know, it's it works. But if I do feel like getting creative, which doesn't happen often, but it does sometimes happen, then I find myself with nothing. I have nothing of what I need of the ingredients. And so there goes my creativity and my inspiration to change something. Yeah, you can't be creative on a whim. You have to be creative with enough time to shop for it. Yes, or with like more of the inclination. If I had more of an inclination to be more creative, I would possibly find it easier to be creative in the supermarket and maybe look at, you know, a new aisle or a product that may look interesting to me. And like, I might say, ooh, that looks like it might be interesting or yummy or it could work in this way or another way. But since I'm really not inclined, I'm not a natural cook. It's not that I'm a horrible cook. I cook good food and I have, I, I guess I do have somewhat of a feel for it. But because I have not got the inclination, I can't be bothered with it. I think you also don't have enough time to think about it. <laughs> this is true. But time is not even, I don't even consider time as a factor because I just don't have any of it. <laughs> so I just, I just flow. Yeah, but if you get back, if you get back from work with just about enough time to have maybe half an hour to cook before your kids actually sit down for dinner. Yes, that's pretty much it. You're not going to be, how, how creative can you be? I mean, you only have 30 minutes. Exactly. I can't. And I mean... My mum bought me a recipe book, a 30-minute recipe book, which at the time felt brilliant. But then I can't... I mean, the fact that the recipe itself takes 30 minutes to prepare is great, but you have to choose your recipe 
and you have to make sure you have the ingredients. And, you know, I just, I don't, I haven't gotten around to, I don't think I've ever cooked a single recipe out of it, even though they all looked quite fabulous to me. Maybe we should try a 15. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think what it is, is I need to try and plan ahead. Yeah. Like, if I have time over the weekend to look through the recipe book and find the recipes that seem interesting to me and make sure that I have what I need for them and if not make a a short list of what I need to buy then maybe next time I go shopping I can make sure that I have all the ingredients and then I can be more you know spur of the moment kind of that touches I think the first point we were going to make which is if you want to be able to make better more creative meals for your family and for yourself you've got to make time to plan make a shopping list and then go shopping with that because otherwise you're going to find yourself going to the supermarket without a shopping list and buying the same stuff you always do and and always not having exactly (laughs) exactly so if you can make time to plan ahead the meals for the week then you also have time to look at it in advance and be like oh well, I don't actually want to have pasta three days in a row, so maybe I can find something else. Maybe I can make a dish and put it in the freezer, put half of it in the freezer, so we'll have at least leftovers between the two pasta days, so that you can sort of plan ahead for these things. And if you're anything at all like me, and planning an entire week's worth of meals is just way too much, you can plan to have one day a week when you make a specific new dish. And then you know, say on Monday, you start your week and you know that on Wednesday, you're going to be preparing a new dish. So you make sure that you have everything you need. And all you have to think about is on that Wednesday, that if you need anything to be taken out the freezer in advance and be defrosted or anything like that, you do that in the morning, you go off and do your work, you go out about your business, and then you come back around supper time and you're ready to just cook it. Yeah, think about it. Like most people have a takeout day, one day in the week in which they do takeout. I think a lot of people have that. Yes. And so if that say is Friday, then saying Wednesday is that one day in the week in which I try a new recipe. And then if it works, then brilliant. You have another recipe you can add to your roster of go-to recipes. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. Then pizza. <laughs> Then you have two takeout nights. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing is is about trying new things and that's a great way of doing it. Yeah, it's about saying to yourself, all right, I need to make a change and I can't make a massive change right now because apart from anything else, honestly, it really is quite intimidating and it's really, it's so difficult to see how you make a massive change in your life and making a, a, a you know, a, a sort of a, a weekly meal schedule for me, is definitely too much. I can't be bothered. I don't have the time to sit around and think about meals for the rest of the week. I can think of a meal for one day of the week. That's so much easier. And then once you have one new meal in your week and, you know, a couple of weeks have gone by and you're good with that meal, then you can move on to another meal in the week and it makes it a lot easier. So that's one thing that you can do in order to sort of improve your diet or even just make it more varied. Even that in itself is better, is an improvement, including, you know, of course, always fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. That's always good. So another thing you can do in that respect, since I've just said, talked about fruit and vegetables, is buying fruit, washing it and having it out in a bowl, looking good and really just, you know, readily accessible. 
so that you can just sort of walk past it if you feel like you're on the way to the kitchen and you want to nash something. And you will see this beautiful pink lady apple. Or, I love those pink I ladies. I love pink ladies. Or, you know, grapes or anything else that is, you know, looks delicious and is really Fact yummy. Fact of the matter is that if you have good-looking, ready-to-eat fruit out and about, you're more likely to go for that than to go for anything that requires more work. Because eating fruit is very easy. You just pick it up and shove it in your face. Yep. We like stuffing things in our faces. Yeah. So have fruit be the go-to option for you and for your kids. And obviously, once your children see you doing it, they're more likely to do it themselves. And to show an interest, they will take an interest in it. They'll be like, oh, what are you eating there? What do you have there for your children or anything like mine? The sound of your munching is louder than anything else. And make sure that your kids' favourite fruit is there. Because I know for a fact that when your kids are here, they'll, the, one of the first things they say is, oh, is that a banana? <laughs> yes, they love bananas. They love. And then they'll go and take one and... You know, that's brilliant. If they can do that, if they can come up here and eat bananas, and you know what else they love up here? So what I did, that we always had a nush drawer. Yeah, everybody has a nush drawer, don't lie. Be honest, honest, everybody's got... It might not be a drawer, sometimes it's a cupboard. But everybody has... A nush stash. A nush stash. So um, I took the drawer that used to be the nush drawer, and cleared out the nush from it and hid it in the microwave because the microwave doesn't work and replaced it with dried fruit and nuts. So when they come and they open the nush drawer, they get so excited about raisins and cranberries and dried bananas. and It's unbelievable. Honestly, it's unbelievable. They want to come upstairs. They always want to go upstairs and they want their raisins and they want their, <laughs> they want their dried cranberries. But I think it's fabulous because that's what they really honestly want and they really enjoy it. And that to them is instead of, it could always be as well as, but it's fine. You need to understand that if you incorporate fruit and vegetables and if that is a part of their daily food, then it's okay. Everything has to be measured. You can't have too much of anything. But once my children, my children are now so, it's so in their regular sort of diet that they are always looking for a piece of fruit or a piece of vegetable to eat. And that's not to say they don't want cake and cookies and biscuits and everything else, but both. And you should know, bonus stage, if you grow your own veg, gosh, the kids get so excited. They do. When Whenever they come up to the roof garden to water it with me, they're always eating all the strawberries and so excited to eat cucumbers. You've never seen a kid more excited to eat a cucumber. I have to tell you, my daughter brought out a massive... The One of the cucumbers they picked off the roof is massive and like, or warped, it's so big. And my daughter kept taking it out and showing it to everyone. She's taking it out, showing it to everyone to show everyone what an amazing cucumber they've grown. Yeah, and they usually, they're so excited about eating them. I mean, so Ben, who loves cherry tomatoes, gosh, she loves cherry tomatoes. Oh my goodness. He comes up and he'll like stuff his face full of cherry tomatoes. Yep. Which is brilliant. If you're going to stuff your face with something. Okay, another thing that I would highly recommend is stop buying drinks. I mean, not alcohol. You can buy alcohol occasionally. but um, We're all for alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but you shouldn't be buying sugary drinks 
I'm not saying you shouldn't you should completely ban them and never allow anyone to ever have any. But how about you can have whatever you like when you're out, but inside we drink water. Because water is the best option of things to drink. You can have water, you can make iced tea and put a tablespoon of sugar in a whole jug full of iced tea. That's brilliant. You can squeeze oranges. You can you can make lemonade. There are so many ways you can add cut fresh fruit or cut berries or both into water and leave it in the fridge to make your own fruit-infused water. Brilliant. Your kids are going to love it. It looks so pretty. It's quite exciting, actually, to see that. It looks so pretty and so inviting. And there's no sugar in it. No added sugar. That's brilliant. You don't need to have all of these sugary drinks. And honestly, so I just showed you that study, right? Yeah. Average house... Our average household in America spends more money on sugary drinks than they do on fruit or vegetables for a whole year. And that's madness. That's madness. If you cut down, cutting down on sugary drinks is better for your health. It's better for your kids' health. It's better for their well-being because, well, I don't really want to go into this because that's not the topic of the episode. But you should know that studies have found that kids who drink sugary drinks have shown more violent tendencies like bullying in schools and avoiding such things has reduced bullying, which is madness. Children are being diagnosed with ADHD and ADD. Mistakenly, it's not actually that. It's just that they have so much sugar in their system that they're not capable of sitting down and focusing on anything. Yeah, think about it. You know... You have seen a child on a sugar on rush. On a sugar rush, oh yes. You, everybody's, everybody knows what that looks like. So just think about all those teaspoons of sugar inside any sugary drink and think about how they live with that. Think about how you can be completely tired and you'll have a Coke and magically you're awake again. You're doing the same thing to your kids and to yourself all the time. And you're making it a habit for your body to have to process all of that. Well, there's no need for that. So I would say avoid. But if you can't avoid, then at least reduce. Make it a treat. Make it something you do on the weekends. Make it something you do when you eat out. Not necessarily something you do five or six times a day instead of water. I can tell you, on Saturday, we threw a birthday party for my oldest daughter, who just turned six. And... I don't normally have sugary drinks in the house. My kids are exposed to sugar. I'm not like completely, you know, shut it out. And But they're exposed to some sugar. And so on this birthday party, being a birthday party, we had sugary drinks and we had lots of cakes and cookies and biscuits and sweets and all sorts of it. And my children were exposed to a lot more sugar than they ever used to. And I can tell you that when they're normally all asleep by eight in the evening, 20 past nine, they were still all running around the house completely high off sugar. And I can tell you that Ben, my two and a half year old, once he did finally fall asleep, woke up screaming about two hours later. I thought it it looked like night terrors, but it actually wasn't. It was just him coming off the sugar high. It was it was not fun to watch. Fun it was quite obviously related to the sugar. So that wasn't fun for me and you know so reduce. Reduce. And also, I take sugar in my coffee. I like my sister, the snob. She doesn't really drink coffee, but she won't take sugar in her tea, for example. I'm a real English person. Yeah, I'm not. I'm clearly not. 
um, <laughs> considering I don't like tea and I particularly dislike English tea. That was a snob, really. <laughs> I never claimed to not be a snob. Anyway, I take sugar in my coffee and I found that I reduced half a spoon of sugar and it didn't really make a difference to me, but it obviously has made a difference because can I tell you, having three cups of coffee a day with two spoons of sugar in each of them, reducing that to one and a half teaspoons of sugar, it has made a difference. It has made it easier for me to lose weight after this, uh, after my most recent birth. It sounds ridiculous, but it's really not. Because apart from that, I have, it's true, I don't have any sweetened drinks in my house. I have water and milk, that's it. But I have, when I go out, and I've been going out a lot because I'm at at work in the office a lot, I was buying a can of Coke with every meal and I've stopped. I've stopped buying a can of Coke with every meal. So that together with reducing the sugar in my coffee has made a noticeable difference to me. It's true. I've noticed it too. I didn't know it was because you were cutting down sugar. I didn't. It's not like a, it's not a cutting down sugar. I don't know. It's just what, you know, we, we're talking about all these things and I find my ways to apply them into my own life. And it, you know, it just, it works. It really works. And I think, you know, from one and a half teaspoons of sugar to reduce to one teaspoon of sugar is definitely doable, you know, and it's very, very gradual and it's really easy. You know, I've met people who've who've gone cold turkey. Good. That's great. If it works for you, that's awesome. I don't do cold turkey really. So I have to make it more gradual, but it works. It really works. It's absolutely doable. So I, I completely agree. I used to have sugar in my tea and I stopped because I reduced to half a teaspoon and then I realised that it actually makes no difference. So there's no point. (laughs) So it's easier not to do it. Yeah, but it's absolutely, it's a matter of acquired taste. So obviously, if you have your cup of coffee with a big, massive, fat slice of chocolate cake, you're obviously going to need more sugar in your coffee. Your coffee is going to taste more bitter because you're having something really sweet alongside it. So you know, adding more sugar to your coffee so that it's sweet enough to compare to the cup of, to the, you know, the piece of cake. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off to say, if you want to reduce sugar, we fully, completely support you. But that does not by any means mean switching to diet. Or yes, any sweet, sweet and sweet and whatever they call these uh, sugary, sugar replacements. So two words about that. It's called an artificial sweetener for a reason. It is artificial. Your body does not know how to handle it. And I won't fully go into the explanation, but there are two things I'll say about that. The first is it's much sweeter than sugar. So it creates a situation in which you crave sweetness because the more sweet things you eat, the more sweet things you want. And the second thing is that when it hits your tongue and it's so sweet, your body responds as though it's sugar. So insulin gets released and it will create sugar lows which make you crave more things to eat. So it's actually not good for you and in an indirect way it also causes fat accumulation in the body. So diet foods actually make you fatter. Don't go for diet. Go from two teaspoons to one and a half teaspoons to one teaspoon to half a teaspoon to no teaspoons. Fantastic. Don't go from two teaspoons to diet. That will not help. It will not help and it will not make you any better. That was definitely more than two words. Sorry. That's okay. I completely agree with it. I also happen to, I'll add to that that I think it has a horrible aftertaste. 
That's just my personal take on things. Agreed. <laughs> my personal uneducated take on things is that all these artificial sweeteners have a horrible aftertaste in the mouth. It's true, but people get addicted to that. I know, I, they definitely do. More easy things you can do are adding a salad with every meal. It doesn't have to be the most exciting salad. It can be cut up cucumber and cut up carrot, or it can be a lettuce salad, or it can be, I mean... Or it could just be cut up vegetables. I find that with my kids who are less excited about salads for some reason, they're really weird. They love it when I slice vegetables like kohlrabi and cucumbers and carrots and tomatoes and I put some, I squeeze a bit of lemon of it over that and they absolutely love it. They absolutely love it. They will go for that over anything else in their plates. Even if it's something they love, they start off with the fresh vegetables. So adding a salad or cut up vegetables with every single meal is brilliant. It adds more fiber, it adds vitamins, it adds minerals, it adds antioxidants, and it's super easy. It literally takes two minutes. Yeah. Another thing I do is when my kids get back from preschool, or kindergarten, I don't even, I don't ask them anything. I just cut up some pieces of vegetable, of fruit. I'll cut up an apple and a nectarine and a plum, say. It's, you know, seasonal, obviously. At the moment, this is what I'm doing. And they just eat it. They don't even, they don't even think about it. They just eat the fruit. Okay. I think we're going on a bit long here. So let's, so let's sum up. Let's, yeah, let's do that. So for advanced people, if you can plan your weekly meal in advance, that's brilliant. If you can't, think about Surprise Wednesday, in which you try a new recipe and see if it works and see how it goes down with the family and with yourself, and that's brilliant as well. Yep. Make sure you have the ingredients. Once you have decided to plan ahead and you want to make something new, you make sure you have the ingredients and that you're ready to go. If anything needs to be taken out of the freezer in the morning, get that done. Fresh fruit, have good looking fresh fruit washed and accessible and that all you need to do is pick up and take a bite. And then when your kids come back from school, you can cut up a few pieces and just leave it out on the table for them to go for. Yeah, try and reduce your sugar intake. And avoid sugary drinks. And definitely avoid diet sugary drinks. If they're diet, they're not sugary. Whatever, they're sweetened. Okay. Add cut up vegetables or a salad with every single meal. Yes. So these are the th- these are just a small list of things that could maybe inspire you to think of new ideas that will work for you and your lifestyle. We really, really want to know what you've been able to implement, what you've taken away from this, and what's working and what's not working. And what it made you think of, if there are any extra ideas that you thought, oh my goodness, this is brilliant and it really works so that it's the same direction, please share it with us. And share it with the community. Let's learn from each other. Yes. And... On that note, brilliant news is that in October, we're opening our first coaching course. It's going to be a three-month program. It is very limited spaces, and it's going to be really exciting. And more details on that will come following episodes and and the website. But if this sounds interesting to you, it'll be life-changing. It absolutely will be really life-changing and fun and probably a bit difficult but fun and rewarding so please if you're interested send us an email and we will be in touch with you and give you more details and again there'll be more information posted in the website soon and following our podcasts we'll let you know what's going on there and that's all for today hope you have a brilliant week and if you enjoyed this podcast give us a review and tell us what you think and subscribe to the podcast and share it with people you think might find it interesting see you next week bye bye